Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Studying the Song, where we are talking all things auditioning and vocal styling for musical theater. I'm super excited about today's episode because it's going to be the first show where I do a breakdown of a musical on the podcast. This is one of my favorite things to do in life, so I'm excited to bring it to you here. And I'm going to walk you through a musical the same way I would walk through it as a coach looking for material for students. So we will talk about the creative team, we'll give a brief summary of the show, and then we'll actually dive into the characters and the score of the show, and we'll explore the music genres and the vocal requirements and styles for each character as well. I will give you lots of artists to listen to um, and even some specific song choices. Today's show um, is a pop rock musical, so it's going to be song choices from radio hits rather than other musicals. As you can see from the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about six The Musical, which is a pop musical originally produced in the UK, and it was set to open on Broadway in 2020 after um, having previews in February and early March. But on the day that it was supposed to open on B-Way, all the Broadway theaters shut down due to the pandemic. So the show is now in the waiting game of when it will reopen on Broadway, as are all the other shows that were supposed to premiere last year. Um, What's so interesting, though, is that this show is still being produced all over the world. It's running in Australia and the UK, and it's on cruise lines, and they're already working on the first national tour, and there's an out-of-town tryout in Chicago going on. So regardless of when the Broadway run will resume, there is opportunity to audition for this show now. Now, before we go into all the details about it, I do want to just say a word about the other shows that were shut down last year. There was a whole season of theater that was aborted before it even began, and there were shows that were in the middle of their runs already um, that had to close before they normally would have closed, like Moulin Rouge is one example. And those shows may never reopen on Broadway, but they will definitely go on to have tours and international productions. So Um, I think we need to be paying more close attention to those because they're going to be released to the market perhaps sooner than they would have if they had a long Broadway run. Some of those shows happen to be the new revival of West Side Story, which has completely new choreography. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, Girl from the North Country with a score by Bob Dylan um, of his songs. It's a jukebox musical. Um, Company with a female lead in the role of Bobby this time. Diana with a score by rock musician David Bryan, who also wrote the score for Memphis. Um, Flying Over Sunset, which has a score by rock composer Tom Kitt, who did Next to Normal and Jagged Little Pill. And then Mrs. Doubtfire, also a rock score. And Sing Street with an 80s rock-inspired 
score, um, which it was already a movie, and so now they're bringing it to Broadway. Um, I'm, I'm hoping you see the theme here and why I bring this up. I know we've all heard that rock musicals are becoming ubiquitous on Broadway, but I just wanted to say they really are. More pop artists are getting jukebox musical made of their catalogs, and they're even writing original music for theater, um, just like Sarah Bareilles did with Waitress. And yes, these shows still have theatrical conventions in the way that they're doing the music, things like, you know, bell tones and reprises and all that kind of stuff, whereas a pop radio hit wouldn't have those. Um, And they have contemporary musical theater vocal styles in them, but there's a whole pop rock undercurrent running throughout these scores and through the energy of the vocals now. So it's not every show, but it's a lot of shows and especially this last season. So I thought it was apropos that the first show breakdown on studying the song would be an up and coming pop musical. One other thing about that list of shows, you can see that even the shows that were revivals, like, um, what did I say? Company and West Side Story, they are being imagined in brand new ways. West Side Story has always been done with the ballet choreography that was made famous by director-choreographer Jerome Robbins. That is part of the essence and what that show is. But for this revival, they have completely reimagined the choreography with modern dance, modern dance styles, not just modern dance as a style. And the costumes are completely contemporary street clothing. It looks like modern day up on the stage. And then there's also like projections and that kind of cool stuff for the set. For the score, it's still the same orchestral score um, written by Leonard Bernstein. And it's, you know, his legit style of vocals as you would normally perform that show. But from some of the samples that I've heard, the vocal style, it's, it's allowing a little more leeway for modern voices to shine. So it's the same music, but it has sort of a more contemporary interpretation, sentiment, um, yeah, that kind of thing. So that is super cool. I can't wait to see and hear more from that show. And then the other revival company is being reimagined by having a female in the lead role of Bobby, much like Pippin recently did by casting Patina Miller in the lead player role, which was made famous by Ben Vereen. Lots of names today. So all this to say that roles for women are emerging in unexpected places and that gender equality gap in theater is still in the process of being bridged or narrowed. And that's awesome. And then as you'll see in this musical in six, which is a cast of six women, there are also opportunities emerging for non-binary performers in this show. So that's exciting. And I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that. Um, on the stage. So let's go ahead and dive in. Six, the musical. This musical is a, let me give you a little summary. It's a modern retelling of the lives of the six wives of Henry VIII. So he very famously had six wives and some of them were divorced or beheaded or they died in childbirth, that kind of thing. So at the beginning of the show, the six queens They introduce themselves and they are performing a pop concert for you. And they are sort of, they tell you that they're going to be vying for the position of the lead singer of this band or this little pop group that they have. And the person who gets to be the lead singer is whoever they determine had the worst experience being married to Henry VIII. 
So what follows is every song is one of the queens telling their stories, one of the ex-wives telling their story. Um, And then there's some scenes and monologues interspersed, but we don't have much access to that information as the general public because librettos are not published um, like the cast recordings are. So the show is sort of like, kind of like Hamilton in the way that the characters talk about history very directly in the lyrics. It's like they're summarizing their own lives during the songs. And each little song is like a history lesson based on that woman's life um, with a bunch of like catchy vocal like hooks and riffs and stuff thrown in, which is fun. So that's the whole conceit of the show. The six of them performing a concert for you. And it's a competition to see who had it the worst which kind of sounds like wah, wah, but the fu- it's a fun show and pretty cheeky and like irreverent and all that. Their creative team is very young. Um, the writers are Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. They co-wrote the book, lyrics, and music together. They are both from the UK. And Toby Marlowe was in his senior year at university when he came up with the idea for the show. So they ended up researching by reading, um, there's a book called The Six Wives of Henry VIII, and then there's a documentary about The Six Wives. And then what's kind of cool, what that they did is that they drew inspiration from, um, there's a Beyonce concert called Live at Roseland, Elements of Four, and she performs the her new album at the time for, like with the, how she normally would with dancers and lights and projections and all of that. Um, but she also shares the journey of her career and talks to the audience and shows pictures and video footage from her life. So the whole show took on, like, it's more than just a concert. It became like an actual overt storytelling framework um, of a performance. So more like a piece of theater. Another important thing to note is that the creators specifically wanted to address the lack of gender diversity within the theater industry. And they wanted to create a cast that was predominantly female or non-binary. And for the story itself to feature queer narratives um, where we haven't been seeing as much, I think we are going to be seeing more of that on the Broadway stage. Um, In particular, the role of Anna of Cleves was played by a non-binary actor, um, Tilda Wickham, in the original Edinburgh Festival premiere. And then the creator, Marlowe himself, stepped in to play the role of Catherine Parr when um, there was like a cast-wide illness that took a bunch of the singers out. So he had to step in and perform. So it's kind of neat that these roles, they're flexible, I guess you could say. I'm very interested to know how he performed the vocals, if he was up in that same range as the um, parts are written for the female voice or... If he's saying it down the octave, he might have a high enough voice that he would do that. I don't know, which is kind of cool to listen to. So it will be interesting as this show gets performed more and as, you know, regional theaters start picking it up, how they choose to cast this show. And I mean, high schools could possibly do it. I don't know. Some of the content is kind of racy, but high schools do Rent and Spring Awakening. And I think those are racy somewhat too, or like Chicago. Hello. So, um, Anyway, sidetracked, yes, non-binary performers, emerging roles for them. Very cool, very exciting. Let's get into the score. 
So ideally what I would do is like play a little bit of each song for you and then talk about it. But because of the laws of copyright, I can't actually do that on a podcast. But I have done it on Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram at studying the song and you look at my IGTV, I have like a 35 minute video where I go through each song of the cast recording and break it down. Some of that information I'm going to give you today, but in that little video, you get to actually hear the um, samples of the music. So that's that. But I will tell you the score. The score is very contemporary pop music. It has aggressive synth, um, synth heavy production, and it's like layers and layers of synths that are, you know, some of them are um, like held out synth pads is what we call those. Some of them are arpeggios. Some of them kind of sound harpsichord-ish, um, but it's it's very digital, very computerized sounding. It does not sound like your normal theater orchestra. I think some of the patches of the, um, patch is a term for the actual keyboard sound that you choose. So the patches sound like kind of like rave synths that you would hear in the, in the 2000s. Um, that might be dating myself, but that's what I think. You'll find a lot of electronic drums, also very synthetic sounding. Um, it's dance oriented, modern pop grooves and beats. And then the style of it is all very up-tempo, very fun, super high energy, frenetic. Um, the lyrics are pretty witty. They're a bit irreverent. They're very direct. Um, some of it is, it's not raunchy, but it's, it's in there, but there's sort of like quick moments that happen where you're like, Ooh, I can't believe they said that, but then they're on to like the next thing. And then you will notice as you listen to the score that very specific pop artists are emulated throughout the score. And I'll go into detail as we do that in a moment. The vocal styles for this show, very contemporary pop. I know I keep saying very contemporary. I mean like of the moment, like being released right now in early 2021 or last year, 2020. The show was written in 2018. So it's actually contemporary to that, but it's staying very current with the sound of how they're singing the songs. You're going to need to belt for this show. You're going to need to be able to riff. There's a lot of rap and spoken elements as they do their storytelling. So that's going to be important. And then some of those like pop vocal palette, you know, idioms that you'll be doing, um, like glottal attacks and, um, you know, scooping into notes, having that cry or break in your voice, flipping into head voice from chest voice you know, where it's not an aligned sound from bottom up to the top, like you actually hear that crack and it's a very different tone color in your head voice. So all of those things are what I would say encapsulate a contemporary pop sound. Um, so yes, there's that. And then the themes that the show deals with, and if you are looking for audition material, you're going to want to use these themes, not just any contemporary pop song. You're going to want to find stuff that relates to this, and that will take your audition to the next level. Um, anything that has to do with power, sex, revenge, girl power, queendom, owning who you are, being comfortable with who you are, all of that kind of stuff would be appropriate because that's what these girls are talking about throughout the show. So let's get into it. 
Um, the very opening song is called Ex-Wives, and it's the entire company singing all six girls, and it really sets the tone with that upbeat, heavy synth world. I'm going to skip that right now because it's not one person singing, and I really want to get into the characters of, of um, each of the women. So the second song, it's just a playoff. I don't know why they call it the second song, but it's a playoff of the title or the first song, Ex-Wives. And then the third song is called No Way. And here we get our first story. It comes from Catherine of Aragon. And she is saying that Henry wants to annul their marriage and send her to a nunnery. And he's going to replace her with this other woman that he's lusting after, which is Anne Boleyn, which will come up next and sing her song. So this is a very, um, I think of it as kind of like a Jesse J inspired piece. There's horns, there's like some rapping in it. It's high belting, lots of sass, lots of attitude. Um, the character is supposedly modeled off of a mixture of Beyonce, JLo, or Jennifer Lopez, I should say their full names, and then Jennifer Hudson. I don't get a lot of Jennifer Hudson when I'm listening to it, but that doesn't mean that they didn't think of her when they were, you know, painting her picture in their mind and and writing her character and all of that. This particular song feels very Jessie J and very Beyonce to me. The lyric themes that you'll find if you want to play this character, she's talking about, I'm never going to leave. You're not just going to be able to like wish me away. I'm not going to get out of this and you're never going to be able to replace me with anyone after me. And then what I find really cool in the song is that while it is super upbeat and big and belty towards the end of the song, there's a moment that gets, um, you know, head voicey, more intimate, and it comes down a little bit softer, like what's the song in, in the Heights? It's not breathe. It's it won't be long that song how in during that song it's like huge and it's big and she's screaming from the rooftops and then comes back down at the end and then has a little build back up so it does something very similar to that song you could you sing that song for this role but i think you could find something that's more truly in the world um, of radio pop music rather than theatrical pop music all right so that is Catherine of Aragon. The song was called No Way. Next up, we get um, the song Don't Lose Your Head, which is sung by Anne Boleyn and the rest of the company. And Don't Lose Your Head is a play on the fact that she was beheaded. That's how her marriage was ended. She was beheaded. And in the song, Anne is mocking Catherine of Aragon, who just sang. Um, but then she starts saying that she's upset that Henry is cheating on her. Um, so Ca Henry cheats on Catherine to be with Anne, and then he cheats on Anne with other people. So she decides she is going to have her own affairs, that two can play at that game, and that's why she ends up being beheaded. This song in particular, um, it kind of has like this like clap fun vibe. There's little claps going on. There's some spoken stuff. It's kind of reminiscent, I think, of like Kate Nash or Lily Allen, who are both British artists. And you can definitely, I think with all of the girls, you can hear the British accent coming through. Um, I don't know if that will be how the song is produced everywhere, but it is definitely how it, the cast recording is. 
And the character is supposedly based on, um, yes, Lily Allen, but also Avril Lavigne and Miley Cyrus. So I guess the um, she she wears like little buns, like hair buns that are in the style of Miley Cyrus. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it's a um, a very attitude, sorry, not sorry kind of vibe that she's giving. If you're going to do that to me, then I'll do it right back at you. I'm not going to be a victim, anything like that. And one of my favorite lines she says is, everybody chill, it's totes, God's will. So that's what I mean when it's kind of irreverent and very cheeky and um, witty. It's those kinds of lines. Next up, you have a song called Heart of Stone, and this is sung by Jane Seymour. And everyone else thinks that she had like the easiest time with Henry and that he really did love her. But what she starts telling you in the song is that that love was conditional on her providing a, a male heir for Henry and and that she had to stand by him even though he had all these faults and all these affairs. And then what's super sad is that two weeks after giving birth, she died. Um, so after sticking it out and actually fulfilling this thing that Henry wanted, she, you know, she passed away. This song is one of the more intimate moments of the show. It's more emotional. It's more ballady. Most of the stuff you're hearing is super up-tempo and aggressive, and this is a little bit more on the emotional side of things. Um, She is written to resemble Adele, Sia, Rihanna, and Celine Dion. So if if this is a role that you want to go after, go ahead and listen to those artists. Um, I think that some of Jessie J's more emotional stuff, not her like up-tempo fun thing, but fun, fun music, but the ones that are a little bit more about the heartbreak would work. Um, and then anything Demi Lovato, I think would work for this perfectly. The theme of the song is that she's saying I'm unbreakable and that I'm, I'm able to love you even though you're continuing to hurt me. So I think stone cold by Demi Lovato is like a no brainer for this. And like, all of Demi's whole catalog is like all these terrible relationships that she's in and how she pursues despite all of that. So I think her catalog would yield tons of great material for this song, Heart of Stone. The next song in the in the musical is called The House of Holbein. And I'm not even really going to address this song because it's like a, um, a kitschy novelty number. And what's important is to know what the plot is that happens during the song. This is not what you would gear an audition song after at all. But in the the plot is that they go to Holbein's painting studio. He was a super famous painter. And they look at these different portraits as if they were on a dating app, like swiping left and swiping right. And they're picking out three portraits to show to Henry so that he can pick his next wife. And then we get to the next song. So the next song is Get Down. And the woman that he picked who sings this song is Anne of Cleves. And she is, she's got this like lower voice, talk singing, some rap. She's very like earthy and grounded, very different from the other characters that we've heard so far. And what happens is because she doesn't really look like her portrait or her profile picture, Henry annuls the marriage. 
but she ends up being like a kept woman. She still lives in this castle. She has this lavish lifestyle. And as she's singing the song, she's complaining about how terrible it is. And then she's like realizes, wait, I actually have an amazing life. I've got this lavish lifestyle and I don't actually have to be with this guy who is a jerk. So she withdraws herself from the competition. It's like, all right, girls, I'm, I'm not going to be the lead singer of this band. My life's pretty great. I'm going to go back to living in my castle. Her theme, I'm a queen. I look beautiful. I don't need a man. I'm happy doing my thing. Independent, all of that. Um, her musical style is... I would say kind of, she's got like Nicki Minaj independence and edge. Um, you could do something like Lord's Royals because she's talking about being royal. Um, kind of Iggy Azalea also, that would kind of work. Um, again, the girls that are a little bit more, I don't know, I, I just keep wanting to say like earthy and grounded it's almost a little bit more of like a, a male energy coming through it, but I don't want to misspeak on that. Listen to it and you'll see. The song is called Get Down. All right, next up, the song All You Want to Do. It's sung by Katherine Howard. And the plot for this song is she's singing about how when she grew up, she had all of these romantic suitors and she's super attractive and you think like, oh, she's just a little flirt, a little coquette. Then she starts to reveal that there was abuse in these relationships. And when she meets Henry, he takes good care of her and her family and gives them position in court. But ultimately, he ends up being just the same as all those other relationships. And he just wants her for her body. This song, I'm telling you, is totally based on Toxic by Britney Spears. It's the choruses of the two songs are, are so similar in melody and style. The vocal style is that lots of um, vocal fry, that kind of sexy talk singing girly thing that Britney does, but with some moments of like big belting and that kind of stuff too. Um, she's the theme that you're looking for in a song is that she's looking for someone who wants her for more than her body. All you want to do is look at me or touch me, but I'm more than that. So anything that kind of draws on those kinds of concepts would be good audition material. I think you should just sing Toxic, but you know, if you listen to this and then everybody's singing Toxic, I'm sorry. The next song is called I Don't Need Your Love. And this is sung by Catherine Parr. And this is the role that the, um, the creator actually went in and played was this role. So that's kind of fun. And this is, she's supposed to be like, her character draws inspiration from Alicia Keys and Emily Sunday. So it's R&B, it's ballad. This song starts with a super mellow, like electric keyboard vibe, which I know that there's like a specific singer and song that I'm thinking of and I just like can't access it but I'm getting a little bit of like Monica or Brandy from early 2000s late 90s definitely some Alicia Keys vibes Emily Sande for sure I love all of that and then as the song continues I kid you not it sounds totally like Angelica from Hamilton like you could use her song in your Hamilton audition. Totally same vibe. In Oh, I didn't talk about the plot. The plot for this song. She's questioning. Well, she's the first one that steps up and says like, why are we even com 
competing for this because it's defining us all by our relationship to Henry. And aren't we more than that? She says, yes, she was married to him. She was with him until his death. But she had, she sings about all of her own accomplishments that she did that didn't have anything to do with him. So it's sort of like the first feminist like emerges right here and says, like, aren't we more than this? Do we need to really compete and compare who we are in relationship to a dude? Don't think so. Her theme is, I don't need your love. I'm not going to give up my dreams for you. I totally have my own path and my own future that I am going to pursue. The song itself is probably the um, the most ballad that the show gets, I would say, and the most like true emotional vulnerability that the show gets. I think so. It's not a really emotionally vulnerable show. At least I can't tell it from the soundtrack. Maybe the the um, the scenes and the dialogue and stuff reveals that a little bit more about the character journeys, but. For this, I feel like this is the song. If you do the like heart on my sleeve kind of stuff, this is the song for you. I think the song um, Who You Are by Jessie J could be a good match for this. I love everything Jessie J does because her voice is freaking phenomenal. And that song in particular is like so heart-wrenching every time she performs it. So that could be a good match. I will also give you some other artists to listen to in general that could just, you know, they might not go to one specific song that I'm listing, but they would fit just for the whole show in general. The last song that happens is Six. It's the title song. The whole company sings it. And all of the girls sort of are convinced by Catherine Parr in her last song. They're like, yeah, why, why have we been competing with each other? We are our own people. And so they reclaim their identities. They say that they don't need Henry's validation and they rewrite their stories inside this final number. So the theme would be anything that has to do with that, reclaiming your identity. You know, we have each other, we're sisters, we're one of a kind, owning your queen, queendom, being independent, all that kind of stuff. Um, some specific songs that come to mind, Jesse J's Masterpiece, also Jesse J's Who's Laughing Now, and then Beyonce's Me, Myself, and I. I think those could be cool mix. What's funny about this song is like it goes somewhere else in the style. All of a sudden, there's like, it's called like four on the floor when there's like a kick drum going boom, boom, boom. Boom. And then there's like this folky bluegrassy guitar or ukulele or something that starts playing. So all of a sudden you're getting kind of like walk the moon vibes, um, shut up and dance with me, that song. But then it evolves and goes back into like the pop, British pop kind of sound that the rest of the show is in. So that was a lot. It's a lot of detail without actually being able to hear the music, which I know is so frustrating, but I think it's important to share how I go about breaking down each song and saying that this is the character, this is the plot that's happening, this is the style of the music, this is the style of the vocal that is being performed, and then these are the themes that you need to think about lyrically. And then when you put all that together, that's when you can start figuring out which artist to go listen for and then which song for that particular artist is going to be applicable. I listen to a lot of songs where I'm like, oh, this this, um, you know, even though it's Jessie J, the topic doesn't match or she doesn't sing in the right style, or this is too emotional or whatever it is. I say emotional is like a catch-all phrase for something that's a little bit too maybe sad or reflective. 
in a show where it's not super sad, reflective, emo kind of vibe. So let me give you some of the other artists that came to mind when I was listening to this score. Britney Spears, for sure, definitely toxic, but I'm sure you could find some other pieces in her catalog that would work. Um, here's a group that I didn't know about until I started studying the show and going down the YouTube rabbit hole, Little Mix. It's five girls. They each do their own little vibe. It's like they are the six ex-wives, except there's only five of them. They have a ton of great songs that deal with these topics and are sung with the exact same vocal style. Fifth Harmony, same thing. Different girls, each with their own little vibe in the same exact style. Um, surprisingly, you know, the Disney franchise, the descendants, which is all about the descendants of the, you know, the princesses and the Queens, those soundtracks. So those movies have some great songs, um, again, because they're princesses and royalty and they are contemporary pop style. Kylie Control, another Disney artist. Um, she is cute as a button and sings super fun, positive catchy pop stuff that totally works with the score. Jessie J, as I said, Lady Gaga, maybe. I'm not totally convinced. I feel like this this score, the words are spit out so quickly that it's not, Lady Gaga doesn't really do that. Her melodies are a little bit more even in the rhythmic structure. I feel the same way about Katy Perry. I don't think Katy Perry is the greatest choice for this either. So beware of that. Um, Megan Trainer, she's got some great stuff for this. Ariana Grande, I think you could find, especially for that, um, that Britney song, All I Want to Do. Again, that sort of like sexualized pop princess thing. Ariana Grande could be that, do that. Um, look at No Doubt and anything Gwen Stefani. I'm telling you, Gwen Stefani is like the pop queen that nobody knows is the pop queen. She has so many albums of music and it's her, all of her, not all, but many of her melodies sit on that A, B, and C range, which is sort of where that break is for us ladies. And she just handles it so effortlessly. So she could be amazing to look into. Demi Lovato, faux show. Demi Lovato, use her for any rock musical that you want to audition for. There's something in her catalog. Christina Aguilera, you can find some maybe more of her like pop fun stuff, not her throwback soul bluesy stuff. That is not this show. Um, Nicki Minaj, you might be able to find some stuff. Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Lily Allen, Kate Nash. Kate Nash in vibe, but I think her stuff doesn't actually sound the same. Like the her her songs aren't that hard to sing. They're not that flashy. And this score you're going to need some serious um, belting ability and vocal control to be able to sing this score. So I don't think Kate Nash's songs show that depth. Maybe Lily Allen a little bit more. And then Spice Girls, you guys. I mean, they are the ultimate British pop girl power group. And I'm not sure exactly which songs on them yet. I need to do some research because you do need to show some of that vocal agility and virtuosity, and I don't know if they do it. I think you could find some cuts within their stuff. I just think the vibe of what they're doing is such a good match to the show. 
Um, people that don't work well, if you're looking at contemporary pop artists, like I said, Katy Perry, I don't really think, I think her melodies are too drawn out and they're too languid. And what happens is that she's got a lot of production going on in the keyboards and the beats. And then when you watch the videos, it's like colorful and flashy and like overstimulating and you think there's a lot going on. But when you actually sing those melodies, they're longer held notes. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, Dua Lipa, also very contemporary, but not the right vibe for this. Alessia Cara, God, I love her, but too serious for this. I think she's a little too, too, um, deep for, for this show. All right. That is a lot of information. Those are the artists I've looked into so far for this show. I'm sure there are other artists beyond that, that could be totally appropriate. So feel free to find those. Um, those start, might start coming up for you when you start looking on YouTube. Um, but this should get you going the right direction to find your audition song for six. Of course, the next step after finding a variety of songs is for you to actually sing them and try them on and try different cuts and see which one feels the best to you and which one you have the most fun performing. So that pretty much completes the process I go through whenever I'm breaking down a show and looking for songs for specific students of mine. Again, I just want to remind you, go to Instagram at studying the song and look at the IGTV where I break down the songs and you can actually listen to samples. That will be very helpful and it will help just reiterate some of the information I gave you today. And then I'm going to be putting all of this information in the show notes. You can find it at koryamaoka.com. That's where all the podcast show notes are held. There's also some re some free resources for you on there. Um, if you're interested in downloading anything like that. As always, when you listen to this podcast, please give us a rating. Please give us a review. That helps me to know if this content is connecting with you. And if you particularly liked um, this show breakdown, please let me know because I want to know if this is an appropriate place to put this information or if I should, if I should just keep it on Instagram Live where I can actually play music selections. If you think someone else might enjoy this episode, go ahead and send them a link, send them a screenshot or post on Instagram and tag me and I will tag you back. Um, I just, I thank you for spending this time with me. I know that you have a million other ways that you could be spending your time. We are all busy. We'll all have a ton of things that we um, have the option of doing every day. So it means a lot to me that you would spend some of that time listening to this podcast and hanging out with me. I will see you next time on Studying the Song.